self-expression. And uh, a few people shared um, how difficult it is to ask for help uh, because there's a lot of shame involved. Um, whether it's asking for help monetarily or asking for any kind of help. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, um, so my wife and I were on vacation in Nantucket, an island off the coast of Massachusetts. And uh, this was at the peak of my ankylosing spondylitis. And um, I had trouble walking, couldn't stand. When we got ready to check out of this inn that we were staying in, um, these two very petite women had to carry the bags down and put it in the van where I was waiting. And the woman who was working as the desk clerk didn't know about my condition and she's looking at me. Why is she and this other very petite woman carrying these heavy bags down when this perfectly healthy looking guy is sitting in the van waiting? And even though I knew I wasn't capable of doing it, I felt such shame having to have had to ask for them to do it. So, you know, so again, whether it's for money, compensation, because uh, a lot of people with chronic illness can't work, um, or asking doctors for things when you know they don't really understand, um, it's very difficult. And yet it's very important to learn to self-express, um, to ask for what we need. So, um, so we can. Should we just share in the large group? Mm -mm. Let's break up. Ask. Why did you ask them what they want? Okay. So, <laughs> I, I think it could be helpful to. For <laughs> I think it would be helpful to, for all of us to hear how others have dealt with the issue of how do we ask for help. And, and what, what happens to us when we don't ask for help? You know, like in those instances where we really need help and we don't ask, what is it that keeps us from asking? And what is it, what could help us to ask for help? What would make it easier for us to speak up and ask for what we need. Um, so the question now is, would you like to share about this in the large group or in dyads or in groups of three? Large group. Large group? How many people would like to do it in the large group? So, most. And some, so I saw a lot of hands go up and other people indicated they don't really carry the way, so. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. Um, we're kind of spread out, but if people are comfortable where you are, I don't know, it's, would it, it's probably hard to, uh, I mean, I'm tempted to ask, would, would you all be willing to move in? But then I'm thinking, well, I don't want to inconvenience people. So. <laughs> So it's not so much what I want for me, but I'm just thinking it might be a richer experience if we all came a little closer together. I can help people make chairs. So if you're willing to come bring your chairs closer, those of you who are in the back.
So, um, so you can share about uh, what works for you or what you struggle with to, when you don't ask for help or what works for you, what enables you to ask for help, um, what gets in the way of asking for help. Um, for example, I find often with doctors, um, so I have several specialists I see at UCSF and other people I see at NIH where I'm a patient in a, in a study. And um, I, so if I know a doctor has a certain belief system, I'm not even going to ask about something else because I've been shamed so many times by doctors that it's safer for me to not even ask. But then the problem is when I don't ask, then I have no hope of getting what I want from the doctor. So it's, it's a difficult situation. So, um, so where's the microphone? Oh. As a child, I was um, not only not encouraged to ask for what I wanted, but deliberately the message was pay attention to what other people wanted. So it's taken, and it's still a process <laughs> at almost 65, to even be mindful enough or aware enough of what it is I want. Getting to the asking isn't even the first problem. Yeah. Knowing what I want um, and, and, and tuning into me instead of everybody else is the first thing, and it takes an amazing amount of courage to keep doing that. that that's a good point because a lot of, for many people, and it's, I think, more true for women, uh, we're told, you know, you're to be there for other people. So that our needs don't matter. So if our needs don't matter, it makes it even harder to ask for help. So before we go on, I just, and if, if you don't want, if, you, if this feels too much on the spot, it's fine. So if we all here in this moment were giving you support, what is it you would want? Um, this is incredibly risky because one of my children is in the room. <laughs> but I would like them to really understand what it's been like to live with this. Thank you. Yeah, I think this is related, but um, when you asked that question, thank you, um, it helped me realize this is an identity issue. And it's related to what people have said about aging and about being young. My theme song from the time I was three years old learning to tie my shoelaces was, I'll do it myself. And I think it's related to societal individualism and valuing people who are self-sufficient. I am physically incapable of tying my right shoe at this time in my life. What do I do about it? I don't wear shoes with ties. I wear sandals that I can slip into. Um, so I'm going to have to think about that. But um, I love being self-sufficient. And I love helping other people and being considerate of other people. And I feel a wall, a barrier. Um, I don't know what it would even feel like to consider my own needs and desires. It's easier to just either do it myself or in pain, or not do it. Great. So wait, don't give the microphone away. Because somehow we have the gift of this extra hour to go deeper. Otherwise, it's a little pointless. And so you ask for the microphone. So. Let me say one another thing about that, about that identity, what, maybe it keeps coming in and out. Um, yes, that I want to be very clear that I am not the illness that I have. And that's a huge struggle. And part of a weapon is, a weapon in the struggle 
is, or an instrument in the struggle, is to continue to be who I am. So now, the hour. <laughs> great, great. Could you say who you are for us? I'm very strong. And I already love myself. There's not very much in, in that theme, which I really appreciate, of learning to love oneself. I think I'm pretty good at that. I'm, I'm pretty whole in that. I, I sometimes feel inadequate, and sometimes I am inadequate. But pretty much that's who I am. I respect myself. I want to be around people that I respect. Um, I love myself. I want to be around people I love and who know how to love me. And your illness isn't in that field? Um, yeah. Of love it is. Well, in the sense, I mean, I was saying to one of my partners, I've never been angry that I have cancer. Yeah. My response was, why wouldn't I have cancer? Look what we're breathing, what, look what we're drinking, look how many other people have cancer. What would make me think I would finish my life without cancer? And then to understand that that is going to be, I mean, I think I've written about it in the way, okay, cancer, I'm going to take you by surprise too. I expect you to be my friend in the long run. In the long run. And that's true. It's part of that love that you're asking about. And one other thing, if this is okay. Because the greatest strength is vulnerability. That, I mean, that capacity not to be able to do something actually opens us up to a humanity that we're often not in touch with when we do everything, when we were able to do everything. My goal of this project, or I don't know what the Buddhist word for it is, I think there is one project, I'll say. My goal for this project of love and self-love is to learn to be vulnerable. Huh. Mm. Thank you. You think I can do it in an hour? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing it already. <laughs> but I'm not there. I'm learning. So that's what I'm here for. Hi, I'm Mary. Um, I'm uh, considered a long-term survivor because I've been dealing with uh, this for a long time and I think I've developed a really good and strong capacity to break through my independence and ask for help. So for example, I have a night brigade. I live alone and I have a night brigade. Every night there's someone available to me. That means I can wake them up um, <clears throat> in the middle of the night. <coughs> which is a struggle for me. But, but the, what I realized was that a lot of what I ask for are mechanical and um, physical, help me do this or fix that or food or whatever. And that when I go deeper into, well, what is going on emotionally and how do I get those needs met? So like, for example, in the middle of the night, I may desire to be held do I call my team and say, could you come over and hold me now? <laughs> no. <laughs> I might express it. Some of them don't live close enough to come to me. But um, So I did this thing where I made a commitment to myself to meet those needs, maybe not in the middle of the night, but maybe the next day or two. And so I said, okay, a need I have is for physical touch and to be held. And I'm going to ask for that. <clears throat> and I, I must have spent a week like, in f utter fear of asking. And then the first time I did it, it was like, 
oh, this is amazing. And then so I went to the next person, and it was like a train wreck. Like, it wasn't their comfort zone. <clears throat> it was like, just hold me, nothing attached. Don't deal with anything that comes up. <laughs> just hold me. And um, so, you know, but it did get me into being able to go and ask for deeper issues that aren't give me some food. And um, what I've come to know is that there's some people who can do that and a lot of people who can't. Um, and they may not be available in the moment that you need them. And so how do you hold that and not abandon yourself around that and still get that need met? Thank you. Thank you so much for raising that for us. I've had to ask for a lot of help, and it got worse as the more I had to ask. I thought it would be better, and the more different things I would um, get diagnosed with or whatever over the years, I thought I would be able to handle it better, and instead <laughs> it was just not. It was the opposite, because you would think I would have gotten used to it by now, and da da da, da. And that was like my internal story, you know. And, and maybe outside it looked like I was getting better at it, but inside I didn't feel like, you know, I was just getting more mad. Um, but now I, that I've helped a lot of people in my life, that I see how much it's helped me, that it was easier to ask for help, because I know it was helping her. You know, and um, and so, you know, like literally somebody had to drive me home from work. I had to leave my car. This was on Thursday. And, um, well, they were worried about liability, of course. But, you know, that was like kind of my judgment thing. Like, they just want to drive me because they don't want to da 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 But I was okay until people kept asking me. And then I thought, well, maybe I do need a ride, you know. And. But as the time went on, initially I was going to be okay, <laughs> but I wasn't later. So I did get a ride, and it was very, I just moved into this really beautiful, like, very expensive, like, looks like, anyway, and I had all these judgments, like, now she knows where I live, you know, like, she's going to, I don't know, it was, like, really weird, like, I didn't want anybody to know where I live, and, um, but so, anyway, so my friend later drove me to the doctor's, and then we had to go get my car, and then I didn't have any gas, so I had to like stop and get gas. And she was following me, you know, because she's trying to coordinate, trying to get my car back. Anyway, I went to the. She like pulled up behind me. She like got the gas out. You know, got opened my gas tank. She pumped the gas for me. <laughs> she's like so cool, you know. It was like, okay, you know, and, and she's gonna want to do it, and she did it, and. But anyway, I don't know if that answers the question, but I've had to ask for a lot of help. And um, I remember my family and the boyfriend that I would have at the time could not help me, and they always broke up with me. And then I'd have to have surgery again or something later, and that was the end of that relationship. So a lot of evolving, but, you know, that was um, almost a lifetime ago now, you know. So I think I've, like, have some wisdom in hindsight. I don't know. But um, it just... It was hard to ask for help. I wasn't even, I didn't even ask. They just gave me help. But it wasn't so hard to accept it this time. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. I share and appreciate a lot of the, of the stories here. And uh, as I was getting up from having laid on the floor for 20 minutes, I walked and said, we're such a special group of people. We all take care of ourselves in such really good ways. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And for me, I share a lot of the asking because I've totally asked and collapsed and needed fin. If it wasn't for my family, I probably would have been homeless on the streets of San Diego with really debilitating stroke stuff going on and being one of those kind of marginally homeless people that couldn't, that had like brain damage. So I'm really thankful for my family and I asked and I burn them out. And, you know, it's like my daddy says, and when I bring up my health, they just, I can just feel them cringe over the phone, you know, and so I stopped talking about it, which is a good thing. The challenge that I face now about asking is how do I, can I better ask my body what it needs? How can I refine the listening inside my body and ask 
the incredible spirit that is coming through me. Great spirit, how can you help me? Because I know you're so resourceful. I know I chose this lifetime. I know I have the resources within me. What do I really need and what do I really not need? And that's been the hardest thing for me because I've had like, you know, pretty much I had five major organ systems in partial function simultaneously, like my body was in systemic collapse. And so my body gets really confused and it's really hard to listen to what goes on. And, I, and the biggest thing for me right now is still about what's the right thing for me to put in my mouth and eat? Because it wants this, but wants this. And I'm trying to sort out what, you know, what my hypothalamus would prefer right now. You know? And so even today, it happened pretty dramatically today. And how can I stop turn off the world and go to the single pulses of I am and what my I am really wants. So for none of the questions that came up about spiritual journey, I mean, that's been hugely, hugely beneficial for me to, to inquire as to what is the nature of being and my body in it and how can I refine my sense of presence in every moment and what I don't need. And so, and so that's been really great. So fasting, so the, the one thing I've been testing with just a little bit lately is fasting, just stopping everything. And it's been really, really helped to get the body clarity. And so that's been my journey. Thanks for witnessing my expression of that. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> I, I, can I just say uh, something in, that um, comes up in response and that is... Um, um, to be careful that we don't um, um, to be careful that about thinking we're in charge when we ask for help I, I, because we're not we're not in direct charge we can ask for help and from our bodies and we can ask for help for ourselves and from others and as you were saying we don't get it sometimes and there's something about how we hold the asking that feels really important because if there's too much in the asking then we're setting ourselves up do you know and so there's something about that that feels um, 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 important. And what comes to my mind, I haven't gone through the 12-step program. My ex did. And, um, and I, there's, there's a, isn't there a, a sentence of, I surrender? that I'm, I'm in the program and I'm surrendering in some way. And I, think that, and I think there's something about that holding both that asking and surrender at the same time that, that, that um, um, because, um, I'm sorry, I've forgotten your name. Daniel. Daniel. Because sometimes, Daniel, our bodies don't have the answer right away, and we don't have an answer, you know. And and it's there's something about the asking that holds that and that imperfection that feels really important. And um, because I have, I've, the way I've asked my body sometimes has kind of been like a demand. You know, and it hasn't really been a request. And it hasn't been a request because it's so scary not to have the answer. And yet so much of the world we're living in is a world that doesn't have a lot of answers, you know, and how, how to live with that. And a lot of how I found, and I think that's I've also heard from Larry is that it's about feeling the feelings in not having an answer and in being an imperfect healer 
that I am an imperfect healer and I fall down all the time and there's something about that and including it in our request that feels very important. Thank you. If I just briefly say, as I finished saying that, I went to a tearful place of what's come up just recently for me. Um, in the past, I, when people asked me about what was going on, I said, well, you know, it really wasn't that bad because I thought I was only going to die once. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I actually was probably going to black out. I was, I was losing oxygen. I was going to black out. And the, real, and the realization I came to in the last couple months is actually, when I was younger, it was actually probably more severe. And I was actually, it was more debilitatingly dangerous than I thought. The one time that I thought I was going to die, I was sitting, I had to move out of my apartment suddenly, and I was sitting in a car, my car, uh, in San Francisco. The verge of my body was collapsing, and I, and I said, okay, if, if I'm going to die right now, I just want to say thank you for one thing, and I hope, hope maybe one thing, maybe there was one contribution I made, and it was really profound. And so I've, because I've, I've just felt, okay, if I, if I die right now, I just want to be thankful for everything. And so letting go of my life and being thankful and embracing death has been a really important part of just let it go, you know, just let oh, it go. But I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Excuse me for just going one more. I'm not saying that. I, there's, some, there's something about letting ourselves, not letting ourselves be imperfect. That's what I'm saying. Not about life and death but letting ourselves be imperfect and letting ourselves be a mess. You know, like when you can't control <laughs> shitting, which is what happened It was with me. It was such a mess. <laughs> letting it be a mess. Mm. Mm. Let it be a mess. There's something in that that's very healing. Thank you. Yes. Oh, let someone else have a chance. Is there anyone <coughs> who hasn't spoken? Because, oh yeah, good. Well, take them. Good, great. Take the mic, yeah. Just let someone else before. Hi. Um, I guess I just wanted to thank you both first um, for organizing this, and it's been incredibly helpful and meaningful to me. Um, it's my first time at Spirit Rock, and and thank you all, too, for sharing. It's also, oh, my chair is tipping back, so I'm just going to lean back. Um, and it's been very eye-opening and very supportive and healing and a sense of camaraderie. Um, and um, in terms of not asking for help or dealing with asking for help, actually the reason why I haven't been here before um, is because in order to get here, get my chair in here, and to be able to make it through the day, I needed to ask for help from my husband. I can't carry the chair. Um, I didn't want to be in here um, in a chair, not sitting on the ground with everyone else or um, in a regular chair. And so when I saw that this uh, day-long offering was you know, specifically for people dealing with phys physical challenges, I thought that this would be a perfect way to get here and feel safe to do it. Um, and it's just been really wonderful for me. And then um, the other thing I wanted to say in regards to asking for help is that I used to do social work um, and was very comfortable giving help to other people and um, it made me feel very good about myself and like I was contributing to the world and making these connections with people and in terms of uh, increasing my understanding and connection to humanity actually was when I got injured and now I've been limited and really learning what it means to receive um, and how I would never have this understanding if not for this injury and what it's like to ask for help and then to actually receive it has been a huge challenge for me um, and something that I'm just starting to really work with and that sort of is what got me here today. So I just wanted to thank everyone. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my name's still Wendy. <laughs> 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 I 
been just trying to connect the dots to some of the, the, the points throughout the day, and this discussion is making me think of the earlier questions about shame. And I, I notice I tend to kind of blank out and dissociate every so often and lose track, and it just suggests to me that this material and this process is really edgy. So I'm just going to try to hold my focus. Um, when we were talking about shame and the dyad, one of the things that came up for me was that I, I have shame about my this this condition revealing to me my limitations in being able to um, maybe no joke or um, no accident here, mom. Um, incapacity to identify the truth or the reality of my experience and what's going on. Um, like I reject it. Like my, I, I push it out, so I might not even know. And then I'm not actually a trusted ally to myself to be able to advocate effectively. Either I don't, I failed in certain ways in things I needed to do to take care of myself, just because I wouldn't relate to the reality of my situation um, in my immediate self-care or my capacity to interact with the medical system. And then how I think that relates to then asking for help is if I don't have the confidence or the strength or the power to be in my own truth, my, my presence and my clarity with the truth of my situation, it just feels very exposing and even more like trauma stimulating to try to interact with somebody else having awareness about my situation. So, I mean, even something as simple as the other night I was, I was in pain and my girlfriend was all ready to give me a back rub, like all ready to do it. And it was like a lot to even acknowledge and represent. It's in our field and in our experience that I'm in pain. And thank you so much for somebody going into the territory of how that affects intimacy. <laughs> I guess it's just deep and good to name. Um, but I don't like it and I don't want it. And so I'm fighting myself to even identify and represent that it's true and a real and in the field in the moment. And then to receive help means, oh my goodness, this other person is now interacting with my truth and I can barely handle it myself. And then of course it begs questions. Thank you for speaking to this arena about rejection. Like, Am I going to be too much? And what's the limit? And how do I know what the limit is? And if I haven't gauged the asking in the perfect way, yeah. and I <laughs> blow the system apart, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's what's going on in my thought. Thank you. Um, I'm Claire. Um, I was just thinking about the asking and receiving help. Um, I've had my illness my whole life. I was born with it. Um, and I think growing up, I actually got really used to receiving so much help. Um, and I think that for me, it's definitely a balance of trying to figure out, you know, when I actually need the help and when maybe it's just a little bit more convenient. I, I mean, there are definitely times when I think I could probably do that by myself, but it would be a lot easier to have help and maybe I would be able to do something more later if I had help on this. But I definitely struggle with that balance of, of that choice of when do I really need it when do I want it? When am I just being lazy, you know? Um, and I definitely, I feel like I lose a sense of power, my own personal power, when I feel like I'm not really, really, really needing the help and just kind of needing the help. I feel like I have that you know, we all have that desire to be independent, and so I really do have a hard time with that balance. Mm. Thank you. <coughs> I 
Hi, I'm Rose. And uh, as I look around here, I know that I'm the oldest person in this room. And I'm here to tell you that old age sucks. <laughs> but it's especially um, a burden when your body is no longer able to function, but your mind is very active and very curious and very eager to learn more. Now, we don't always have a choice about that kind of balance or imbalance. But what I've learned is that people want to be helpful. Uh, and I've been able to get help just by picking up a heavy bag and somebody will come and say, let me do that for you. Well, in the past, I would have been, oh, no, 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 I can handle it. You know, I, I would have been offended. Now I'm, I feel so blessed, how wonderful that there's sweet people around <laughs> who just come by and want to help you. But having said that, you also have to stand up for yourself, whether you're male or female. And I have battled more with the medical profession, and I have fired more doctors than I can count on the fingers of one hand. And that's our responsibility. And no one can do that for you. And, uh, you know, we, we must take the responsibility of accepting inferior help or no help at all, and at least make a statement about it. Don't be invisible. Thank you. There was somebody over there who wanted to say something, too. Yeah, go ahead. I'm not sure who it was. <laughs> okay, can people raise their hands again who want to talk? I just wanted to speak to asking for help beyond human beings. So when I go to the higher source, I ask basically two prayers, or literally ask for help. I may direct it towards the issue, and I ask for clarity when it's not there. And um, one practice that has been really helpful to me is I do a gratitude practice uh, as frequently as I can, and, and if I don't get a direct hit every day of some offering, I'll make the time to reflect and say, okay, what didn't I see today that was offered to me? And the thought is that, you know, I can't sit and wait for a response to a request, and I never know what, how it's going to come, but I can make space in my life, and I do it also through sitting, but to really um, invite the awareness and the vision of what was there today that I might have missed if I don't get a direct hit. But I usually get a direct hit. Thank you. Thank you for that reminder. I had surgery almost three years ago now. Um, and knew that, and I lived by myself in a upstairs, downstairs place. So the kitchen was downstairs, and I wasn't um, supposed to be allowed to move <coughs> at all from my bed except to get up to just pee um, for, I think it was two weeks, um, which ended up being longer than that. But um, I had, um, it was, for me, it was an opportunity to know that I, I didn't have a choice if I was going to do this. I, I needed to ask for help for a lot of things. And I was also supposed to be icing my foot for the whole time. I, I don't remember all the details now, but I knew I needed a lot of help. <laughs> and I also knew I had a lot of friends. And it was one of those opportunities of being willing to ask um, my friends to come around me in community. And it was a lot of work. Someone asked me if I, had, if, if I um, wanted them to be in charge of, of coordinating it. And for some reason I had in my head, no, I need to be responsible for that. I need to be in charge of that. Like I, I didn't want to be asking too much. Well, it ended up being a humongous job, <laughs> humongous. And I didn't really 
just coordinating the help and making sure people were there when they said they would be there or making sure that I had it all, everything covered that I needed at every moment was a lot and took definitely took away from um, some of the healing. But, but in the end, it was such a huge opportunity and gift to be willing to ask my friends to be there. And it was like a two-week party in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun. <laughs> it was hell and it was fun. But the problem came um, at the end of those two weeks after I had finished um, what I thought I was supposed to need ended up being a much bigger deal than I ever could have imagined. And I ended up with a complication from the surgery that I knew I had right when the surgery was over, but I didn't know what it was. I just knew something was wrong. Um, and uh, at that point, because I, had asked so, because I had felt like I had asked for so much help in those two weeks, I wasn't willing to ask anymore and ended up back on my own again, which is very much like me to be completely strong and independent and I'm good at that. And um, so it was a, it's a double ed, it was, it was definitely a, a mixed blessing and a lot of learning, a lot of learning. And I'm still, I'm, I'm sitting here realizing that three years later, I was never able to fully communicate with all of those people that helped me and thank them in the way that I wanted to. And I never, told them what was really going on with me um, with what happened from the surgery because I felt like they all did so much to help me and wanted me to be better that I wasn't able to tell them that I wasn't better, that actually was a lot worse. And um, to this day, I still haven't necessarily told everybody what happened. And it was a, it's, it's a huge blessing that I'm even able to walk again at this point. And... Um, and I still struggle with that. Now it's three years later and I still haven't communicated. And the added thing that now I have, now I have from it is all back from that surgery. So it's, I don't, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's a mixed thing. It's a party and it's hell. Thank you, thank you. Okay. I'm raising my hand, but I feel like I shouldn't necessarily be next. Uh, uh, we, okay, because we wanted to just give a few more minutes before coming to closure. So you three then are the last three. It's you and and the three of you. Oh, and you your announcement. Yeah, I want to say something. Um, when I broke through, when I was really disabled sick, um, it was amazing the kind of help I got. I mean, I wasn't in my bed getting a party in my bed, but people were doing things for me that I couldn't imagine. And then as we're going through this process, I realized, you know what, if I am going to manage to support myself, there's some things I need help with because mm -hmm. I can't do 100% anymore. And it's almost harder to ask now because mm -hmm. I can run up and downstairs or I can pick up a pencil, which I couldn't do. So it's something to mm -hmm. meditate on. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that, I, that was one thing I was going to say is when I was completely unable to go up and down the stairs, it was much easier to ask for help than now. Um, but also, I just really wanted to share that, um, you know, I ended up with this team of people who at some point I, I either needed to go into the hospital or I could be at home if people could help me with food and groceries. And, and a friend did offer to organize it. And, um, and I, luckily, I, she loved doing that. She couldn't do the physical work, but she could organize a team of people. And what I really learned from that is that people really want to help, but they don't know what to do. So that gave them something concrete to do. Um, so I just encourage us to ask for it when we need. And, um, you know, some of, some of my closest friends couldn't do it at all. They just disappeared when I first became disabled. And it's just they couldn't do it. And that's just, they couldn't, you know. I, I, and then other people came out of the woodwork that I never expected to be around. So that was a real gift, and it was a loss with some of the other people, but I finally got it. That's just who they are. So, ask. Thank you. I think it's just 
one last person. Larry, do you want any we're getting ready to go, but I wanted to say that I think in taking away so much, it's hard to say one thing after another. But um, I had, um, I, I, I was blind as a child, recovered my vision, and then concealed as much as I could the disability or the. Uh, <laughs> uh, and went to work for a, a federal agency that was responsible for defining and investigating disability discrimination in employment. And in that, it was very much like it was a, uh, an us and them. And it, when I became, uh, developed arthritis and carpal tunnel and other diseases, uh, it was a uh, realization, you know, that I was one of them, mm. that I am one of them, I'm one of you. Mm. I'm one of us. Mm. I am one of us today. Mm. Thank you all. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. Um, so we need to bring it to a close. Uh, Irina just asked me if she wanted, if I wanted to lead a closing meditation and uh, although I've had a sitting practice for decades, I feel a little out of my element with a senior Dharma teacher here. So I'm, I would rather uh, you lead the uh, uh, closing. But Larry's been very gracious and, and supported me to take so much leadership. I want to support him back again. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Larry. Go, Larry. Uh, did, did you want to say something? I just want to if there's anyone going to the East Bay that can wait an extra half hour for a volunteer to do um, so the request is, is there anyone driving to the East Bay who wouldn't mind waiting half an hour to give the volunteer the time needed to do her work before? Um, oh, there you go. Great. Thank, thank you. Thank okay, you. Okay, well, then I, I'm going to lead uh, an unusual closing meditation. Um, so... You don't need to get comfortable. You don't need to change anything. You don't need to close your eyes, or you can do whatever you want. But to just tune into the vibrations in your body and what's in your mind, and just tune into whatever's there and appreciate it and fully embrace it, fully embrace whatever you're experiencing in this moment without labeling it. So I want to thank you all very much um, for coming. Um, I, I had a, a dream, I have a dream, uh, of creating a, a sangha, a supportive community for people with chronic illness. And it's been very gratifying to see how you have all supported each other. Um, that's where the best support comes from. So, um, so anyway, some of you, there's one clipboard here. Can I don't know where. Something about that? Yeah. Um, I'm from out of the area, but I did put my email address on there because mm -hmm. um, I, I have found that even just email support has been incredibly helpful. So if there is some way that maybe even that could happen, you know. Yeah. Just as a suggestion. Yeah, and there's a possibility for for doing it through Skype also. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying we're going to do it, but... We don't have that. Oh, well... It's free to download. There, there are possibilities out there anyway. Oh, okay. okay. Mm -hmm. So, um... So then let's take a moment, usually at the end of a, a time in a, um, the Buddhist tradition, we share the merit. So let's take a moment and come back to our bodies one more time. 
and just, you know, if you want to wiggle around a bit to feel a little more in your body or um, um, take a moment to connect with your breath again, this uh, ongoing invitation over and over in any time and moment, especially when we're tired, to have the support to reconnect and to know our experience, to feel our bodies. Hi body, I'm tired, you feel tired, and we know this together. And then taking a moment to reflect again on the benefits of today for you. What you have received that you've appreciated, that has touched you. And intentionally allowing this to enter into the stream of your being. May all that's been skillful or helpful or wholesome be a seed planted in the stream of our beings. And all that hasn't been helpful be washed away, disappear. And then may I take all that has been helpful and dedicated, the benefits of this, to one being or a community of beings, our community all over the world. May all that's been helpful benefit them as well in some way in this universe of connection and interrelatedness. We also share the benefits of this practice with our volunteers and all those who work at Spirit Rock for creating the conditions for today. And we also give thanks to our teachers and their teachers and their teachers for each teacher bringing the teachings into the world. And lastly, we give thanks to our own hearts and minds and bodies. presence and your brilliant if you thank you for listening to learn how you can support the teachers and dharma seed please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate